2: I'm Scott Wapner, and you're listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast, the most profitable hour of the trading day. We record this live weekdays at 12 Eastern. Listen in. Our breaking news continues. Welcome to the Halftime Report. I'm Scott Wapner, front and center this hour. Dow 30,000, that milestone reached within the last 45 minutes, fitting in what has been the best month for stocks since 1987. The Investment Committee here to guide us through all of it. Joining me for the hour today, Stephanie Link, Josh Brown, Jim Labenthal, and John Nigerian Let's go right to the wall. I'll show you where stocks are currently trading. We did have the Dow, as I said, hitting that new record high, topping 30,000 for the very first time ever. And we are basically at the highs of the day. Call it a 500-point gain for the Dow, 30,089. The S&P 500, good for 1.5%. NASDAQ, which was negative very early today, is back above 12,000. That's a gain of 1%. The small caps have had a tremendous run of their own. The Russell 2000 is up by better than 2%. Josh Brown, if I told you that the Dow on March 23rd hit a low of 18,213 and we have had a 12,000 point rally since then,
0: you would say what? I would say this is why people who are not only invested for the long term but continually adding to their investments via 401ks or automated advisors, etc., uh, have done themselves a huge favor. And people on the other side of that, uh, on the other side of that debate, who think their job is to wake up every morning and make in or out decisions, um, have not done themselves a favor. And look, I'm 43 years old. I'm pretty sure I'm going to see Dow 100,000 one day. As outlandish as that sounds, that's just a few decades compounding an average annual rate of 7%, which is what it's done since the beginning of time. So you have to orient your mentality in order to get the days like today. If, If your mentality is oriented toward trying to outsmart everybody all the time, you don't get to participate when the market does what it's just done.
2: Yeah, Steph, uh, it's remarkable. You know, you're at a loss for words a a little bit when you when you think of that magnitude of within the greatest health crisis within the last 100 years, coupled with an economic crisis and everything else that's gone on with this. And you could have a 12,000 point rally from the low to top Dow 30,000. It's astounding.
3: Oh, it is, it is astounding. It's been a very long journey, right? Um, but we have to thank the Fed. We have to thank the monetary policies that they put in place and all the QE that they've been doing. We have to, uh, we have to thank the, the administration and Congress for getting uh, a uh, fiscal package, uh, several fiscal packages in order. So I still think that a lot of this rally is because we have had such massive, massive support and we have extremely low interest rates. But look, the market is rallying because guess what? There's actually a lot of good news out there. It's not perfect. But not only is vaccine and the progress that it's that it's making. Um uh, is, is good news, obviously, from a health point of view, but it also means that we're probably going to see better growth in 2021 in terms of GDP. We're probably going to see better profits in 2021 than people expected. We could grow north of 30% in earnings, and I think that's yeah. what the market is starting to price in. Are we pulling forward a little bit? Maybe. But you know what? You add in more clarity on the presidency, the yelling news yesterday, and seasonality. Let this ride until the end of the year, and we can adjust in January and figure out where, where we go from there. All
2: right, Farmer Jim, I come to you. It's really playing off of where Stephanie was was just taking us. Here's the state of play, OK, as I see it. And, and I want to discuss this on the other side. President Biden, Republican Senate, no big tax hikes, stimulus, vaccine, no trade war or tariffs, a big jump in CapEx because of better, better corporate visibility, a big snapback in earnings, plus Yellen and Powell equals. perfect scenario for stocks does it not
1: wow scott you just got me really excited i mean that that's like christmas comes early Um, you know I think the question that comes from that is uh, you know have we already anticipated that in the market and I'm gonna say no this is very much in keeping with what Josh was saying but I want to put it in the context of the rally that had started started to broaden and let's just take one aspect of that which is small caps because we may say we are saying hey look small caps have had the best month ever so the question is does that anticipate has that brought forward those gains I have to give a very strong answer of no Because remember that that small caps were in a bear market since the summer of 2018. They just broke out of that two weeks ago. And the point that I'm driving at is, you know, we talked about small caps yesterday. and We talked about specific stocks. Maybe somebody is listening to the litany of good news that you just put out there and saying, hey, this is as good as it gets. I'm going to take profits. I don't think that's the right move. You know, I don't the, think trying it, to time these markets is the right move. It's so funny. I you, think you, you've got to be prepared for a multi-year
2: game. It's so funny you say that because I almost feel you guys tell me if I'm wrong. What I read to you, John Nigerian, is like base case, base case. You're, we're going to have a vaccine. We're going to get some stimulus. If you got yelling, you got yelling And if Powell stays, you got the combination of Yellen and Powell. The likelihood that Biden doesn't have the same kind of trade war that the president had with the same kind of tariffs. We know we're going to have better corporate visibility and the idea of more CapEx as the economy continues to prove. And the opacity that CEOs had is now gone. Base case. Am I crazy?
4: No, you're not, Scott. And uh, to answer the question you asked at the top, what would you say? I'd say thank God. Thank God for the vaccine. Thank God for the rally. Thank God that, uh, you know, we didn't completely destroy our economy. There are some who are still struggling to get back on their feet. There's no doubt about that. A lot. And for that reason, of course, yes. I'm glad you said it. There are are 22. Yep. 22 million Americans, those of us who have been lucky enough to ride this, hopefully we will be generous and uh, help where we can, because that is direly needed, Scott. That's right. But nonetheless to 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 your point about what's going on in the markets right now yeah it is pretty much a perfect storm you've got a non-hawk janet yellen who did a great job as fed chair she's going to be in all likelihood she is joe biden's nominee she will likely sail through and be the treasury secretary that's good news um good news on the vaccine front and as i said back in april and may scott it's going to be like the roaring 20s i mean we followed up the Roaring Twenties followed up, you know, just uh, some horrible stuff that was going on in our country and followed up another pandemic, of course, in 1918 um, with the Roaring Twenties. Mm-hmm. Same thing here, Scott. People want to get out. And some folks said they're never going to get back on cruise lines. They're never going to get back on airplanes. That's crap. They're going to do both. They're going to go to casinos. Um, there's a number of stocks in the reopening play that will continue to work well into 2021, Scott.
2: I'm going to get to that, too, in a second, Doc, as we go through a number of the stocks that may ride this wave that we're talking about. But, Josh, you know, Byron Ween was on a few moments ago in the show that precedes us with Carl and John Fort, and he talked about, and this really plays into what Stephanie was talking about, a long cycle that's going to last for years, acknowledging, yeah, you may be paying a little much now, But you're going to be rewarded down the road, which is why you can afford, in his view, to pay up right now. Even with this rally, stocks, you could say, okay are they stretched? They're too expensive now. He says, pay up now because you'll be rewarded later. Don't fret it.
0: Well, the good news is that you don't really have to pay up. You may have to pay up relative to where stocks were selling two months ago. But look at the top 10 performers today. Every single one of them pretty much is a financial or an energy stock. Um, Wells Fargo, GE, Oxy, ConocoPhillips, Simon Property, Ford, Capital One. These stocks are still down 40 50% from their highs. So this is not a scenario where the entirety of the S&P 500 is on the 52-week high list. And then if you want to broaden that out to, um, to Jim's point, you look at small caps uh, breaking a- above a two-year consolidation period, and then it gets even better because I've been talking about the international trade Look at the rips in European stocks. Japan is making a 30-year high right now. Nobody's in that market. It's 6% of the global market cap, uh, Japan, right now. Six. Less than 10%. I promise you, if you look at an average U.S. investor's portfolio, their Japan exposure is like 1% or zero. And you could say the same thing for continental Europe, Latin America, um, emerging markets might be slightly bigger, but not that much. China is outperforming the U.S. this year, so there are opportunities everywhere. And you are not paying up in the way that you were paying up for momentum names and work-from-home names, you know, over the summer. These stocks are still substantially lower than than where they were, so they might be up in the last month. But I just I look around, I see nothing but opportunity, and the alternative of sitting in cash with two to three percent inflation. Do you understand? that at 3% inflation, you cut your money in half, it's purchasing power in half in 20 years? Why would anybody be doing that right now that has a a time horizon?
2: You know, Steph, I look at these reopen stocks, these so-called reopen stocks month to date on on my my papers here. Boeing's up 52%. Maybe this plays a little into what Byron Wien is is saying, but also the way that Josh described it and his points are are well taken. Okay, Boeing's up 52% this month. American Airlines, 30. Delta, 33. United, 30. Royal Caribbean, 42. Carnival, 44. N- Nordstrom, 100. GAP, 36. Kohl's, 56. Macy's, 76. That's not a little stretched in some of those names, despite all this good news that you talked about?
3: And- in some sectors and subsectors, you're talking about, uh, Scott, I would agree with that comment. Like the airlines, I don't think you necessarily have to go there. Because but what about the retailers, Boeing, right? To-
2: Macy, 76%, well, but- Nordstrom 100%, Gap 36 Kohl's 56 I mean, these are the kind of stocks yeah, we're talking stocks- about in this return to normal that the market is absolutely sniffing
3: out. I would, I would not own those retailers. They are in secular decline. They got they got crushed. So did the airlines because they can't even really make a profit barely in good times. So and their balance sheets are stretched. So my point is, yeah, I want to own reopen stocks. You know, I've been talking about cyclicals forever because I think the operating leverage is enormous. But I can look at a Boeing, for example, it's still down 31 percent on the year and they have got twenty five billion dollars in liquidity. That is, great. And all, all they needed was that 737 Max to get approval, which they did, and then all of a sudden, all of the aerospace companies, like a Raytheon, which is still down 15%, um, for example, I own that too, that, those are buys. Those are buys, right? So those are companies that have good balance sheets. I mean, Raytheon, for example, beat free cash flow last quarter by a by, by, by billion dollars. I mean, that's huge. So my point is you don't have to go to the lower quality companies. You can go to Boeing, Raytheon, Marriott, Win Resorts. You can go to Air Products. You can buy Freeport, McMoran. These are all quality companies with good balance sheets. And they've done an enormous job in cutting costs and getting their balance sheets and liquidity back into shape so that they can benefit from the upturn next year. You
2: know, um, John Ajarian Kramer, who always delivers a a good list for us to kick around, we thank him for that. He has this return to normalcy stocks, Okay, Um, Got probably Mm -hmm. 30 names on here. He says, I like to think you have to buy a couple of these vaccine winners on any weakness, although when it comes to retail, I say buy some period because there's no time to wait for a dip. So that sort of goes against what Stephanie Link is saying. He has we're showing you on the wall right now the names that are on Kramer's return to normalcy list. There is the Macy's and there are the Boeings and the airlines like Southwest and United. You got to buy some of these, Doc, like right now.
4: Yeah, you should, Scott. Um, And I said, uh, you know, previously, this is where the beta is, you know, this is the alpha rather. This is where the alpha is, because um, American Airlines got it. Disney. Pete talked about the unusual activity in Disney, which we reloaded on, um, you know, for that matter, Comcast. I mean, you know, the, the theme parks are going to drive a lot of business, Scott. They're already running Black Friday specials. When have you ever seen that? Uh, but they are running that. I saw Universal running that. Um, and they say it's going to sell out. You bet it's going to sell out. So, you know, to Stephanie's point about the casinos, yeah, you could pick a host of them. I've got LVS and I've got um, Melco, um, MLCO, and I know that's um, Macau play. But nonetheless, that is continuing over there as well, Scott. And then you've got Boeing and a host of other yeah. uh, you know what else on the list? Names. <laughs> Carnival, 29% in a month.
2: You know what else, Steph, is on this list? GE, which you've been patient and upfront about um, from the very beginning. It got upgraded today to outperform at Oppenheimer. Quote, go slow to go fast, is their note. Price targets, 12 bucks. It's a long way from, where was it? Five, sub five, something like that. Um, Operationally, they're turning things around. Excuse me. Larry Culp is at the helm. It's up 40% in one month. Is this legit? Is this going to be a new day for GE and and its shareholders?
3: Yes, because I think Larry Culp was making progress before COVID. And then COVID hit, and they had the Boeing problem. So as soon as, as Boeing got the FAA approval... I thought it was a buy, and I I didn't add to it, but I thought it, in my mind that's what they need because aviation is such a big part of the story, and it, and it's a great business for GE, right? Healthcare and aviation are really the, the reasons you own this company, but you own this story because it's a restructuring story. We've talked about it. It takes a long time. I think they're in the sec- a second or third inning, um, but the free cash flow is improving. The margins have actually improved, and they did a good job in breaking out margins in this past 3Q so people could see the line of sight, if you will, well. and liquidity is pretty good at 14.8 billion. So it's a restructuring. It's a turnaround. They take forever. But I think you have you have to have a couple of these in your portfolio. Not
2: every investor, Steph, um, can see the forest through the trees sometimes or or has the willingness to wait, the understanding that the story is long. uh, And I give you a lot of credit for, you know, taking the heat every now and then on this program (laughs) for what in the world are you thinking as that thing is sinking and then it's come back to the level that it has now. I mean, you, I think you deserve some, some credit for that. It's a testament to the kind of. Hey, investor Stephanie, you are. did GE.
0: get bailed? Did, did, did G.E. get bailed out by the Fed taking rates to zero and giving them an opportunity to refinance a lot of the debt that, that's been the problem with that story? Like, did, did the I pandemic almost act as a silver lining for some of these types of companies that were, were in bad shape? What do you, what do you think?
3: Well, for sure. A lot of the, a lot of the industrials uh, help, got help, and they improved their balance sheets, and they improved their liquidity. In fact, a lot of companies in general, right? It's not just industrials. I think about Win Resorts. I think about Marriott. I mean, I think about all these things that, right. they, that these companies did because they could. So, um, so yeah, they, okay, but that's, that's what the Fed is supposed to do in, in terms of helping the liquidity situation.
2: Yeah. Let's bring in uh, Ed Yardeni. He's uh, come to the phone for us. I think he's on the phone. Uh, yes, yep, I'm, I'm here. It's good to have you, uh, Ed. Welcome. Thank you. What a day. I'll tell you. Uh, you tell me what you're thinking.
5: Well, I'm thinking uh, we're going to have a nice Thanksgiving, uh, maybe not with as many family members as usual and with the windows open, but a uh, lot lot, of, lot to be thankful for. And look, the, the market, I think, is doing well today uh, to, to a certain extent because uh, of Janet Yellen. Uh, the market was up sub- when Janet Yellen had been the the Fed chair. And uh, I recall that uh, just about every speech she gave on the economy or the financial markets uh, tended to be uh, bullish for the market. So I'm looking forward to uh, her now being at the Treasury. And she knows where all the doors are, where all the keys to the doors are at the Fed. And I I, I think you're going to see a continuation of a lot of cooperation between the Treasury and the Fed. I know that uh, Secretary Mnuchin uh, decided uh, to pull the plug on some of the money that uh, was the Fed was allocated to make loans with. But I'm sure uh, Yellen's going to put that money right back and the Fed will have that kind of liquidity. But I'm not sure we're going to need all that much because the economy, I think, will do uh, quite well on its own once we all have a lot of confidence in the vaccine. And I completely agree that everybody's just going to just run out of their cabins with cabin fever. Uh, we've already seen that in goods uh, spending. I think the next thing it's going to see uh, going into the summer of next year is tremendous amount of travel and uh, uh, sightseeing and tourism uh, going both ways. So I, I see I see a very good uh, 20 uh, 21.
2: You're a great student of market history. I know that. Ed. And if I told you that at the depths of this crisis on March 23rd, when the Dow got down to 18,200, that we would have a 12,000-point rally before Thanksgiving, you would have said what?
5: Well, I, I, turned, I did turn bullish on March 25th, but I, I didn't expect that we'd be retesting the uh, uh, February 19th high by, uh, by April. So this, this market's run ahead of uh, my bullishness, and uh, it's continuing to do so. I'm now looking for 4,000 by the end of uh, next year, but the way things are going, it could happen sooner. My, my main concern is a melt-up. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you, I, I was listening to all you folks, and it's all very exciting stuff, uh, but the problem now is we're all getting excited about the potential. And I've been talking about the roaring 20s for a while, um, and I, I believe in that story, but I am concerned we may be getting ahead of, uh, ahead of the fundamentals here, and that's largely because interest rates are near zero. And now with Janet Yellen at the Treasury, she, she's a big proponent of running the economy hot. Let, let the stimulus work for a while. Get everybody employed and don't worry too much about raising interest rates uh, and certainly don't worry about inflation. That seems to be the view now at the Treasury and at the Fed. I I call the combination (laughs) T-Fed. You know, uh, we might as well consolidate the balance sheets and income statements of the Treasury and the Fed. They're going to be working more, more closely together than ever before to revive this economy from the pandemic.
2: Can we find a gig for Bernanke? We can just make it a triumvirate and see where the, uh, the market the goes. How
5: about the SEC? That would be perfect. <laughs> yeah.
2: There probably are some other names uh, in mind for that job. <laughs> yeah,
5: so, I would think so So it
2: sounds like you, I mean, you pretty much agree with Byron Wien, who was on the previous hour, um, and think that's a long cycle that's going to last for a while, and that while you're paying up now, you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, the only uh, thing that worries you really is a melt up. So you're paying up a lot now, but yep. you're going to be rewarded down the road.
5: Well, I think so. I mean, I've uh, again, uh, I'm looking at the 2020s as having a lot of similarities potentially with the 1920s. And as was mentioned previously, we had a pandemic uh, in uh, 1918, 1919, after uh, a world war. Millions of people died back then. Can you imagine sitting at the dinner table uh, during Thanksgiving uh, 1920? Uh, We just had a horrible pandemic. Uh, we had uh, following a horrible war, and then we had a terrible recession in 1920, uh, with no prospects of things getting better. Here we could sit at the dinner uh, t- table and uh, say, "Well, we're probably going to have a vaccine very sh- soon, uh, maybe more than one vaccine." And then beyond that, we know about all the technological innovations that are already proliferating, that are likely to increase productivity. That's why I'm not too worried about inflation making coming, uh, making a comeback, because I do think productivity going to make a very strong combe- comeback in this environment.
2: We do, though, you know, look, why do we have 10 million people still out of work a- yes. a- about that? Right. So Dow 30,000 doesn't mean squat None. to 10 million of our fellow absolutely citizens right. who are struggling and hurting and Thanksgiving is not going to be thankful. That's and we absolutely need correct. to take care of them. We're late I, with I, the I compl- stimulus.
5: Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think, uh, you know, we, we unfortunately, this hit, hit, hit at the same time as an, as an election cycle. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll come to the rescue here uh, sh- shortly. Here, Do we
2: have the wherewithal to do that? Do we have the political guts to just get the darn thing done?
5: I don't know that. I think we're probably going to have to wait until uh, we, uh, January 5th to get the uh, outcome in the Senate to see where things uh, stand politically. But, uh, yeah, I would think that uh, McConnell and Pelosi should be able to get together to spend $500 billion to help those who really need help.
2: I sure as hell hope so. I hope you're right. Ed, I appreciate it. You have a good Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you on the other side. All the best. All right. That's Ed Yardeni um, joining us there. All right. Uh, Jim Labenthal, I think your feed is back. I uh, hope you can hear me right.
1: Thank you. Yep. yep. All right. You got All right, me. Good stuff. The
2: Dow winners since Dow 20,000. OK. I mean, we could even do this from Dow 18,000. Apple's up 277 percent. Microsoft, 232. Visa, 153. Walmart, 125. United Health 108. That continues? Or do we have a new group of leadership stocks for the next five to 10,000 points?
1: Well, I, my opinion is I think you'll have a new group of leaders. But that doesn't mean that those stocks you mentioned are going to do poorly. I think they're going to do just fine. But, you know, when you think about the rotation it's going into, and Josh mentioned this, a lot of these sectors, like financials, like energy, have just been obliterated. Now, you know, we were going through a minute ago those reopening stocks and if you're talking about cruise lines and airlines, you can't think that those are going to perform without energy performing. But all of them are dependent upon demand picking up and energy with the prices where they are, I mean, and also the fact that it's such a sliver of the overall market. Any flows into that sector, you're going to see it explode higher as it has been the last month. So my opinion is you're going to continue to see that go on, that it's going to be a couple of years of an opening economic expansion that favors cyclicals, financials, industrials as well. But those technology stocks are going to do just fine. It's just going to be new leaders.
2: Hey, Chevron is on Kramer's list, Stephanie Link. Speaking of energy that Jim's Mm -hmm. talking about
3: it's the only one that i own actually in energy i own a big slug of it though um and i do own it because of that dividend to be honest with you because when they started cutting capex uh, back in March and April and June, and they cut it by $6 billion, they committed to that dividend. And so I know that that dividend is covered, and that's why I really own it. Um, I, I, look, I have a ton of industrials. I'm way overweight industrials. They have plenty of energy exposure. So if energy rallies, that's all great. I just don't want to own too much in terms of these other pure play energy stocks. I'll just sit with Chevron and, uh, and be happy.
2: Uh, Josh Brown, what do I do? I'm just looking up right now. What do I do with the crowd strikes of the World that you love so much and some of those other high-flying names that maybe aren't just stay-at-home plays, obviously. Maybe they've had some of their business pulled forward because of the pandemic. What, what about those who followed you into CrowdStrike? What, what do you think about that at this particular time?
0: Well, if you followed me in, you're up in it, and yeah, I would not up. be doing anything with it. It's not, part of, it's not part of the reopening, but it definitely benefits from a strong economy because uh, the economy is going to continue to become more digital for the rest of our lives. That will not stop. You can make the argument that um, the pace of it is accelerated, but as we talked about last week, it's not business pulled forward like they're selling cars and cars that would have been sold in 2022 got sold in 2020. It's adoption pulled forward. It's more and more things, people, and processes being put into the digital realm. And the more you do that, the more you need strong endpoint security. And CrowdStrike effectively owns that market um, just demolishing everyone in cybersecurity. And the TAM is enormous, and it gets bigger every day. And, you know, my take on uh, all of the work-from-anywhere stocks is to not think of them as work-from-home, but to think of them as work-from-anywhere. And in a lot of... Look, you saw, you saw Salesforce do something extraordinary in the last week. Some of these stocks are moving in line with the reopening trade, um, but they won't all move every day. So I think that's why Stephanie talks about this all the time. The need to not put all your chips on one square and hope that that's going to work on a daily basis. You've got to be invested across the board and you've got to allow for the fact that some days the economic cyclical stocks will look great and other days the secular growth names will look great. And this is just the push and pull that you see in bull markets with powerful rotations going on beneath the surface. But overall... Last week, 83% of the Russell 3000 got above their 200-day moving average. You've got a powerful bull market across the board, and not every stock is on the the top 10 list every day.
2: Yeah, some of these stocks, in fact, are the focus of some initiations by KeyBank today. Rahel Solomon's going through the list for us, and uh, we're going to kick it around after you tell us uh, what's on the list. Hi, Rahel.
6: Hi, Scott. Yeah, KeyBank launching coverage on a slew of software names, some old-timers like Microsoft Some relatively newer names like Slack. So the firm giving an overweight rating to Salesforce, HubSpot, Microsoft, ServiceNow, Oracle, and Workday. Slack gets a sector weight with analysts concerned, Scott, about tough competition and price pressure from Microsoft and potentially even Google. KeyBank says that 20-year high valuations reflect positive fundamentals. They like the secular drivers, such as the shift to digital that COVID, of course, accelerated. Low interest rates, the shift to subscription and industry consolidation, Software, Scott, really the star of tech's rally, up 40% year-to-date. Compare that to the broader sector's 34% and the S&P's 13% year-to-date. The note also pointing out how opinions have really shifted in the past decade, highlighting a 2011 Wall Street Journal headline that software is eating the world. Now in 2020, KeyBank writing that software is the world. Scott.
2: Rahel, thank you. Appreciate that very much, Rahel Solomon. All right, John Nigerian, you got Oracle, you got Microsoft. You could talk about those. You could talk about some of these others that were initiated, mostly positive, uh, all overweight, uh, for the most part, uh, by KeyBank.
4: Yeah, like them all, Scott. Um, And, you know, there are things that uh, we adopted and that uh, many of those, like Zoom, pulled forward, um, not just demand, but pulled forward adoption, as Josh has said famously. And that is 100 percent correct. So with a lot of that comes the demand or the need for the exact kind of cybersecurity. Like you said, Josh, with Strike, CrowdStrike, um, there are a host of names that I love in here. Microsoft on the top of that list um, because it has to be. Because Microsoft basically watches what anybody else does and then takes it. Look at what they did to Slack on the work side. They just crushed them. And that's why. I think Microsoft of all of these is the play because they have the wherewithal. They've got the penetration with teams as well as their reoccurring revenue model that just says, that's the one I want if I had to pick just one. But you don't have to pick just one. You can pick a handful of them and do extremely well.
2: Josh, you don't own Slack anymore. Is that that right? Am I remembering that right? Yeah, I got out. What about some of these other names on the list? The workdays, or a service now, a Salesforce, or a Microsoft. You know, some of these stocks have had pretty, pretty darn good runs this year.
0: Yeah, look, I, I agree with John. Like, if they're going to work, they're pretty much all going to work, except for the ones that have trouble meeting really high expectations, and then they'll go in the penalty box for a quarter. So, like, I, I think like you really want to, you really want to ask yourself how many of these you can have in the context of an overall portfolio. I don't, I don't think you want. 40% of your portfolio to be in these kind of giant TAM B2B um, you know uh, software plays because a lot of them are going after the same customers and they will end up competing. We don't know how soon that starts to happen, but it's not like Oracle is sitting there and saying, yeah, we're just going to do databases. It's not like Microsoft hasn't decided that they want to spread themselves out and be in all these different verticals. So at a certain point, You say to yourself, well, what could slow this down? Look how fast the world is digitally transforming. True, but how long, how big can these companies get without bumping into each other uh, and competing on those sales? So that's what's going to happen to the TAM stories. So I don't think you want to be overloaded with them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just happen to own a couple of them. But I I wouldn't want to make a huge bet on them right here as a group and try to own all of them. Steph, the the name on the list that that you're interested in, which gets a sector
2: weight, is Fortinet. Um, You call it under the radar. You own it. Um, And let me also let you know, we're expecting to hear from the president of the United States momentarily from the briefing room. We're going to take you there live to the White House. So if I have to jump in and interrupt you, please forgive me, Steph, but Fortinet.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 um, only up 11%. It's actually lagged all, all the security software companies and they've done a really good job in terms of expanding beyond the enterprise. And they have a whole new product set, um, as well. So they can address different clients, uh, with a lot of different things and that's going to help your margins, right? So I like that story. It's kind of out of favor at this point, had a big run earlier in the year, uh, gave a lot of it back, but, uh, I like this one for the long term.
2: Yeah. Jim Labenthal, uh, same rules to you. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I'll get back to you, Jim, because we do see the president of the United States and the vice president entering the briefing I just room. I want
7: to congratulate everybody. The stock market Dow Jones industrial average just hit 30,000, which is the highest in history. We've never broken 30,000. And that's just despite uh, everything that's taken place with the pandemic. I'm very uh, thrilled with what's happened on the vaccine front. That's been absolutely incredible. It's, uh, nothing like that has ever happened medically and uh, I think people are acknowledging that and it's having a big effect but uh, the stock market's just broken 30,000 never been broken that number that's a sacred number 30,000 nobody thought they'd ever see it uh, that's the ninth time since uh, the beginning of 2020 and it's the 48th time that we've broken records in during the Trump administration and I just want to congratulate all the people within the administration that worked so hard and most importantly I want to congratulate the people of our country because there are no people like you thank you very much everybody thank you Mr. President,
5: Mr. President, why
0: not
2: all right. That was the president of the United States coming to the briefing room uh, to focus on the fact that the Dow Jones Industrial Average hits 30,000 for the first time ever. Brief remarks. Uh, nonetheless, the president calling 30,000 uh, a, quote, sacred number uh, flanked there by the by the vice president uh, as they left the room after making those statements. We will take a quick break. We'll come back. And coming up, a double upgrade for one bank stock. It's up nearly 50 percent this year. Some of our experts own it. We'll debate it next in our call of the day. And a reminder, you can always watch or listen to us live on the go on the CNBC app. We're back after this.
0: Old Dominion Freight Line was built on keeping
2: promises. With an industry-leading on-time delivery record and low claims rate, we keep promises better than any other LTL freight carrier because we treat every shipment like it's our most important one, which means we do the little things right so that we can keep our promises and you can keep yours too. That's what drives us. To learn how OD can help your business keep its promises, visit odfl.com. Old Dominion, helping the world keep promises.
3: Welcome back, everybody. I'm Sue Herrera. Here is your CNBC News update at this hour. Pennsylvania certified the state's election results showing President-elect Joe Biden as the winner of Pennsylvania's 20 electoral college votes. Milwaukee election officials, meantime, say the recount of the presidential election votes there could be finished as soon as tomorrow and no later than Friday. Sweden's most restrictive health measures of the pandemic have now gone into effect, Public gatherings of more than eight people are banned for the next month, though restaurants, shops, and businesses can remain open. And Spain announcing who will get the COVID-19 vaccine first when it does become available. The country's health minister says health care workers, the elderly, and the seriously ill will top the list. You're up to date. That's the news update. Scott, back to you.
2: All right. Appreciate that. Thank you, Sue. Wells Fargo double upgraded to outperform today at Raymond James. That makes one of our, well, at least one of our panelists very happy today. One who has stuck with Wells Fargo through thick and thin. The one who Jim Cramer said today, quote, my hat's off to Stephanie Link. All right, Steph, Mm. this stock's up. I don't know. What is it? 20% in like this month?
3: Yeah, but you know, there's no congratulations just yet because the stock is still down 48% year to date. I mean, it's really been a struggle and it's taken longer in terms of this is another turnaround that I own in my portfolio. It's taken longer than I had expected. But Charlie Scharf, the new CEO, is now there over a year and he's hired his entire executive team. And so I do think you are going to start to uh, see results. There's already speculation that there's asset sales, and they've also hammered the expectations in terms of of the uh, estimates. They cut them dramatically. They cut the dividends. So all the bad news is out. There's only nine buys out there uh, from the sell side. So I I, I continue to hold it. It's cheap, and I'll stay patient. Is
2: there uh, there enough good – okay, all the bad news is out. Is there enough good news to continue to carry the stock higher or – You know, after this snapback that the stock has had, is it sort of out of breath?
3: Well, I think they don't have to do much to, to have the stock do a lot better, it's confidence at this point right and so that's what i think that charlie sharp has to bring to investors and he has to have a story to tell though, right he he's he can't just be cutting costs. to your point so i do think that there's a lot of initiatives they have underway they do i i do think earnings have troughed that's the whole point so not much has to go right for earnings to actually get a little bit better slowly but surely so you know a steep yield curve will help certainly along the way but uh, not counting on that i'm counting on the turnaround and the execution to be flawless
2: you, you need like a turnaround ETF. You need to start something like Terra Nova started. <laughs> you just call it T-U-R-N. You've got Wells in there, you've got GE in there. How many others you got? <laughs> Cause it sounds like a lot of times we talk to you, it's a, it's a turnaround story, that's a turnaround story.
3: But you can make a lot of money in the turnaround story. You can't have your whole portfolio that way, though. You really can't, right? Otherwise, I'm going to get more gray hair. But I have about five names out of a portfolio of 50. And, I'm, and I have to be patient, and I have to right-size them along the way. So, um, But I've been, I've been adding to Wells um, in the last couple of weeks, and I will continue to do so because it's still down so much. It trades at 0.8 times tangible book value.
2: Yeah, you added more yesterday, in fact. John and Jerry, and you have Wells Calls.
4: I do. J.P. Morgan, Key and Wells. Uh, I like Wells. And I think this, you know, to Stephanie's point, this, this should be one of those stocks where you do get alpha within that sector as well, Scott, because of the things that are being done at the top and eventually that's going to filter down rather than some of the bad things that were done previously and basically drove some of the folks at the top out. Um, I think Wells is a nice one to hold, and I'll probably be in it for years.
2: All right. Good stuff. Thank you, Doc. And speaking of John Najarian, and his unusual activity trades are coming up next. Before we go to break, though, take a check. of The S&P sectors on this historic day on Wall Street, with the Dow topping 30,000 for the first time ever. Best sector today is energy. Healthcare's at the rear. We're back in two minutes. Dow still holding above 30,000, 30,063. New record for the Dow today. Doc, unusual activity. What do you see?
4: Well, I've really got two stocks, Scott, that I'll say are reopening stocks. What a surprise. Um, Sabre, S-A-B-R, Scott. Early on, somebody stepped in and bought 6,000 calls very quickly. January 12 and a half calls with the stock around $11. Even at $11, Scott, it's a recovery, but it's nowhere near where it was. And I think it goes a lot higher. It's less than half of the year high right now. So that's Sabre on the travel side. Then switching gears over to mortgages, Rocket Mortgages, RKT. This is a $40 billion company. Obviously, mortgages is what they do. A whole bunch of different loan packages as well, Scott. In this one, they're buying next week, December 21 calls, with the stock just over 20. Love the upside of this one. Like the way that they're positioning themselves within the group, all technology and so forth. Scott, I'll be in this one probably till the middle of next week.
2: Okay, good stuff. Thank you for that, John and All right. Thank you, sir. Let's answer some of your questions now. First up is a video question for Stephanie Link on XPO for Maggie.
6: Hi, my name is Maggie Whiteman, and I'm just wondering if you would keep XPO through the Christmas season
3: or sell it right now.
2: All right, Steph, what do you think? XPO Logistics.
3: Um, I, I like it very much, Maggie, it's a great question. Uh, the logistics industry is in the sweet spot right now, and this company is doing a great job focusing on profitable growth, margin expansion, and free cash flow growth as well. So I like it for the long term, not just through Christmas.
2: Yeah. Uh, a Steve Weiss name, a Surratt name, a Stephanie Link name. So there's a lot of ownership in terms of our <laughs> investment committee. All right. Next question is a video question for Farmer Jim on thermotherapeutics from David in Miami.
7: Hi, my name is David Fellbaum. I'm a vascular
4: surgeon in beautiful Miami, Florida. I have a question about thermotherapeutics, TMO. During the pandemic, TMO has been essential in providing instrumentation to pharmaceutical companies, as well as being a provider for refrigeration units that can store the uh, vaccine and the antibody testing units. Um, I'm interested in buying it, and more importantly, I'm interested in buying call options. Any thoughts? How
1: about it, Jim? Okay, well, I think you know this is a company I very much like, David. By the way, its name is Thermo Fisher, TMO. But this is a good long-term hold. Now it's off about 18% from a recent high. It just got ahead of itself. The price is back to where it was a month and a half ago. Let me tell you, I really don't like the call option idea. Unless, David, you tell me you've got a catalyst within the next three months for why it's going to pop, I don't using call options, I suggest you buy the stock and hold it for the next couple of years. Aging demographics are going to support this stock.
2: Okay, thank you for that. Josh, Joe, is this Joe? No, hey, John. Scott. Sorry, John in Savannah, Georgia wants to know I, I my handwriting's is terrible. Uh, John in Savannah, Georgia wants to know how you feel about Uber.
0: I feel Uber confident that this stock is going to continue to make new highs. There are no sellers. It is now above the higher price from the ipo so who's who's left to sell so unless there's some kind of negative development where people change their mind all the resistance is now in the rearview mirror so this was a name that i looked very stupid in uh when the pandemic began and then people realized that eats was going to pick up the slack but by this time next year we ain't going to be talking about eats we're going to be talking about this company being a utility a nationwide and global utility. That's going to be powering us into the future of not having cars sitting in parking lots 21 hours out of a 24-hour day. Uber is going to be bigger than ever in the recovery economy, and I want to stay along this name. Okay,
2: thank you for that. Coming up, the Dow, as we said, hitting 30,000 for the first time ever today. The key levels to watch from here. And as we go to break, take a look at some of the stocks hitting new highs on this historic day on Wall Street. United Rentals, Caterpillar and FedEx, among them, we're back right after this break. All right. Welcome back. It's time for Futures Outlook. Dow hitting a record 30,000 for the first time ever. Let's bring in Brian Stutland and Bill Baruch on what they see from here. Stutz, you get the first crack at Dow 30,000 and beyond?
7: Yeah, and beyond is right. I mean, when you look at the industrials and the financials
2: that sit inside the Dow, that's about 30% of the Dow. Those things are racing ahead, and it's looking at a, a basically vaccinated world and how that will look at. And when you see that, you see low interest rates. You see Yellen probably very accommodative to working with the current Federal Reserve system right now. And, and you see a Biden administration transitioning in. And all those things combined look like the market wants to push higher and push into those stocks that have been beaten down over the last few months and pushing higher. So Dow 30,000, you know, obviously in the cards now in play. 40,000, like I said last week, Scott, still in the cards for 2021 by the end of that. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Bill Baruch, how do you see it? You know, Brian's made some great points. And and yes, a lot of value in these industrial stocks, financials. In fact, as a portfolio manager, I doubled my exposure in industrials coming into the the head of the election in October. There was a a lot of value, great balance sheets. But really, what about the technicals right now? We're breaking out above the previous record high. 30,000 is a big benchmark, tremendous tailwind, a very nice channel that this thing is riding. We can easily see 31,000. But I I think we're going to break out of that channel to the upside. And, And listen. Adding to industrials is a longer term play, but we're seeing it very quickly happen right now. I think there's a big tailwind through 2021. Seeing it from Stephanie Link, among others. All right, guys, thank you. Brian, Bill, good Thanksgiving to you both. I'll see you on the other side. We'll do final trades on the other side of this break. All right, we're back. We'll do final trades in just a minute. Steph, I have some business with you first, though. You sold McDonald's. Yes. And you bought TJX. Mm -hmm. Tell us why, please.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I was up about 15% at McDonald's. It did what I wanted it to do. TJX is actually flat on the year, and they had a really good quarter. I think off-price is turning the corner. We even saw Burlington this morning say second-quarter sales went from minus 39% to 6 So, incrementally, things are getting better. I think this is a reopened stock. People will go back. They like the treasure hunt. TJ is the best in the business, so that's the one I'm, I'm, uh, I'm focusing on.
2: Off-topic, but I, did you see Dollar Tree today? I think that's the one that was absolutely yeah. ripping, right?
3: Yes, absolutely ripping. Yeah, I mean, they're they're talk about a beneficiary, especially because the mix, right, the consumables versus discretionary. So they're really benefiting for sure. But it was a great quarter.
2: Yeah, yeah, there it is, uh, up uh, almost 13%. You don't own it, or have you owned it in the past?
3: I don't own it. I've owned Dollar General before. Oh, I kind of okay. feel like Dollar General is better run, but yeah, so I don't own it.
2: <laughs> I figured you were, I, I thought it was the dollar stores, uh, one of them. Uh, of course, I guessed the wrong one. Yeah. Steph, thanks. Why don't you give us a final trade uh, while you're at it?
3: So Coca-Cola, this is actually a reopened stock, and they have great product innovation, and it's down 4%. Pepsi is up 4% on the year. So you get a 3% dividend yield while you wait. Great balance sheet.
2: Okay. You have a nice Thanksgiving, Steph. I'll see you on the other side. You too. Farmer Jim. Thanks.
1: Yeah, you know, I talk about Viacom, CBS every now and then, and it's really it's rallied very hard off of the bottom. I think it's got more to go as we reopen. Hey, Scott, I got to give a, give a hat tip to G Research. This is Gabelli's research arm. They've really been on this, and they've been helpful on on me with this.
2: Yeah, for a long time, for a long time, Jim. Thanks for that. You have a good holiday as well, Doc. What do you got for me?
4: Um, Freeport, uh, FCX Scott. upside calls at the 24 strike. Bought. I bought them during the show.
2: Okay. Same holiday uh, to you. Good one. Josh uh, Brown, what do you got? need a name. Thank you, sir. Staying
0: stay, stay long Uber up 44% in the last six months and counting, I think it goes higher. Okay. Just covering
2: my bases. I don't know who I'm going to see tomorrow. So thanks, everybody. The exchange is now. <laughs>
3: Thank you.
2: You've been listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast. You can always catch us live weekdays at 12 Eastern, only on CNBC.